Hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast that explores the idea of imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick. I'm your host and I'll be interviewing my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if we all have it figured out or what the key to success is. My guest today is going to be Lara Russo, a good friend of mine, also a freelance artist and fine artist based out of Denver, Colorado. Let's jump into it. Hi, how are you doing? Hello, I am good. And how are you? Well, you know, just hanging in there amidst whatever day of this quarantine it is. <laughs> day, a star log, eight, day 8,085. Um, yeah, it's, it's not been, uh, a pleasant experience, but no, not at all. Alas, here we are. Yeah, <laughs> here we are. And thank goodness for technology. Um, so you're hearing my guest today. This is Lara Russo. Um, she is a fine artist and freelancer owns her own business in, uh, Denver. Do you want to kind of take it from there? Sure. Um, so I am... Career-wise, I'm a, a graphic designer and web de- develop designer and developer. Um, I've been doing that for, I'm going to make myself sound real old, over 20 years now. Um, and uh, so I, you know, I kind of do branding, brand strategy, brand identity, um, logos, obviously, um, illustrations, brand illustrations, content creation, all the f- bells and whistles. Um, but my business model is that I work specifically with women owned um, and LGBTQIA owned small business. So that's something that kind of evolved um, after embarking on my career as an entrepreneur um, and owning my own company. And it's something that's just been incredibly satisfying being able to give back to the community that I'm a part of in a, in a way that feels meaningful to me. And, um, and then apart from that, I also do uh, fine art, watercolors, um, mostly uh, representational and portraiture is my specialty. Um, I think that you maybe know that. I don't know if you know um, that I do that kind of stuff. Yes. Um. <laughs> so that's actually how we met. So I met you because we were in a uh, women, like a kind of like a women's networking, like small business mm-hmm. kind of boss babe group or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, RIP. And, yeah, uh, but, but, but no shade, no shade. It was actually really helpful. And I made a lot of really cool connections from it. And I'm really grateful Absolutely. for those that I've kept. Um, but I actually commissioned Lara to do a Nick Cage watercolor painting for my husband because he um, he's hugely into Nick Cage for our like for his birthday. <laughs> I got him like a blanket with Nick Cage's face all over it, and so I had her paint Nick Cage from Con Air, and she like dug the idea, got it got it to me like very quickly. It's incredible. It's hanging in my guest bathroom to this day. And it was all because I had this idea of doing a paper anniversary. Like what better way than to support a local artist? Oh, I love that. I love that about you too. You're such a champion of us small guys. So well, and that's kind of how we met if, uh, in, a, in a sort of like simpler way. Like I was actually in that group because I had gone on my own to freelance and I right. found out no one wants to pay you money. Weird. <laughs> so <Who knew? laughs> yeah, I, and just like you, I was very, very into, um, I'm, I'm also an LGBTQIA ad plus whatever advocate. Um, I'm an ally first. I'm very much interested in helping women reach their goals. Um, I really love um, working with small businesses. I think that was kind of my bread and butter. I've done, I've done brand work for big, small, medium, whatever, but right. my real heart 
heart of the matter is always just those small businesses. And right now with COVID, like my heart is Oof. breaking and all I want to do is help and give back. But I also you uh, know, got laid best. off. So it's hard to do, yeah. it's hard to do things to be helpful in the situation when we don't know where the economy will be. So anyway, that's a rabbit hole, but <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it is. <laughs> but that's kind of why you and I have stayed so much in touch. So I've actually hired Lara multiple times for every company I go to, I will hire her on freelance if I can in some capacity. I did it most recently with uh, LT and I did it recently when I was working for the winery and she's done some amazing work. So I'm just really proud oh, to know you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you. I, you know, my, my, uh, my heart is always in it. So I don't know what that says if there's no skill there, but, um, I, I do, I'm very heart led person. And mm -hmm. I think that's what really, um, you and I are so alike, like you're very heart led as well. And, I think that um, it's a quality that you don't see all that often mm -hmm. is that people are willing that are willing to be in business, especially like vulnerable enough to, you know, really do what their heart is telling them instead of following the money. Um, it's a hard choice sometimes. Absolutely. But I respect you because I feel like that's very much a place where you speak from. And that's something that I respect in you as a friend and as a colleague. And um, Aww, yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. It, it's, it's tough. Cause like, it's hard enough to be a woman in the workforce, but then, <laughs> you know, on top of that, like having to like constantly prove your worth like oh, yes. there's no tomorrow. <laughs> so I like the way, the angle you've taken your business um, where you're trying to help out those little guys that truly, truly need your help. I know sometimes the, you know, the squeakiest wheel is the most obnoxious one, but, yeah. but, but I, I've never <laughs> once seen you waver from your passion. And that is something I deeply respect about you. Oh, Plus, I mean, you. you're also a mom, you do, you know, you do burlesque as well. I mean, you do really I do. You do it all. I and I just know. really admire you. So enough of, with us pumping each other up because you're going to inflate <laughs> my ego and I'll inflate yours and we'll explode. Um, oh my gosh. So let's kind of get to the topic at hand. So when I originally came to you with, with this podcast idea, um, you were super on board. I'm really excited to talk to you about this topic because I think like a lot of our conversations kind of lead this way. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I guess the first question I'll have for you is, do you feel like you've got it all figured out? Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, I, <laughs> I uh, like I said, I've been doing this for over 20 years. Um, my career has been pretty varied. Um, in terms of like my career before I started working for myself, I've had my own business for 10 years. That's a relevant fact. Um, and, you know, I think what, what does that really mean? Right? Like what does having it all figured out mean? Does that mean that you, there are certain elements that I definitely feel go without me needing to tend to them. Um, certain elements of my, business that I've tried to make work for me, um, for sure. Murphy, hold on. But My dog is barking. <laughs> Murphy, come here. I think the kids are running up and down my easement. Oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> so that's, um, he's never barked on a podcast. That's the first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Murphy. You just want to be included. I understand. Yes. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I don't know that I'll, I, I, so I have an art, like I was raised by an art, I'm an artist child of an art teacher, which is a real fun challenge. If anybody ever wants to try that, I don't recommend it. Um, I love my mom dearly, but, um, you know, talking today with you about imposter syndrome and not feeling like you're good enough or feeling like somebody's going to find you out, like. That was a lot of my experience developing my own style as an artist because I always had my mom in the background saying like, they weren't really like, um, I was, I'm the oldest of three kids. 
So my parents weren't really ever like, you're amazing, amazing job or anything like that. It was always like, how can you be better? Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of programmed into me at a very uh, foundational level um, that I don't know that I'll ever stop. I know my, my dad is, is also a small business owner and where a lot of my passion for small business comes into play. And my dad is, what's this, what is it, 2020? <laughs> I'm like trying to do the, the math. So my dad's 68 um, and he will never stop. Like I know that he will never retire. He works on his feet every day. He's a piano technician. Um, and I, I am very much programmed to be the same way. And not only programmed to work and work hard, but programmed to constantly be questioning. I think it's the nature, especially of artists, is that I don't know that I ever feel like I will, you know, there's always something else. There's always something else out there. There's always somebody better. There's always somebody doing something new and different. And when you've been working the same career for 20 years, you feel like, did I just repeat that design that I did 15 years ago for blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, it's kind of one of those things where uh, I think it's kind of the nature of the beast is that you'll never evolve. You never evolve as an artist unless you are constantly questioning it, which ends up being as a business owner in a creative field, a double-edged sword because so to speak because you know you want to always feel like you're putting um your best foot forward and that you're fulfilling needs of your client but also you're being taking risks with your creativity and that is something that i've had to really train myself over years and years and years of working um when when to say okay let me show it to a client because I still get like super like, you know, emotional about some projects and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to hear critique. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to know, you know? And, um, and there's, there's something, you know, there's that kind of weird skill that I've had to really hone over 20 years in my, my entire career of learning when to say, okay, this is good enough for right now. And then any, you know, any further, you know, any further we walk down this path will be a collaboration between me and my client, which is ultimately what you want, you know. Um, I think a lot of young designers have a hard time. It's a lot of putting your ego aside um, and really listening and trying to intuit what your clients want, especially in my field, so... That's a really unique Did I answer your question? No, that, but that's a really, you kind of got me thinking because that's a really unique perspective. And I, I guess like as an artist, I can definitely see how that can be like completely challenging um, to kind of be like, I know what's best, but like also don't yeah. tell me that I suck, <laughs> please. Yeah. But, but then like wanting to make it a certain way, but then they want it a different way. I'm very used mm -hmm. to that having managed brands. Yeah. And and so I, I, I definitely can empathize 100% on that struggle because in digital marketing, for, for instance, like when I'm looking at job roles or I'm applying for job roles, they want one, a person that can do everything. And I always consider mm -hmm. myself a jack of all trades, master of a few. You know, like <laughs> I can do, like there's nothing I can't do. I can figure it out. I can learn it. But For when sure. you're expecting someone to be your graphic person, your UX person, your website person, your everything, your blog person, your content person, your social media manager, yeah. that's not a digital marketing manager. That's a marketing department. Yeah, exactly. And that's what a lot of, and that's kind of, um, you know, I think I, I do have a unique perspective to this is because I have actively eschewed, I have a, a I have way, um, more of an education for this than anybody ever needs. <laughs> um, and uh, because I'm, I'm, I like being intellectual, I like cerebral, um, you know, kind of that, that path. And I was, a, you know, really loved going to school for a long time. Um, and I think when you have a sort of um, that perspective, 
you're expected to go into agency work in my, in my field. Right. Um, and I have actively said no. I mean, I've, I've been uh, recruited by a number of agencies, big agencies, small agencies, local, not local. Um, and it's just never appealing enough to me because I think in my career, especially my career working for myself, I've been able to kind of uh, craft a very unique perspective that, you know, not only are small business owners and wants and needs um, important and relevant, of course, obviously, but also um, right now, especially, these are the people that are shaping our society. Um, you know, like small businesses are everything right now. Every, <laughs> I feel like every time I turn around, there's another small business popping up. Um, and without getting into economics or history or anything like that, it's a, it, I don't think that this trajectory is going to drop off at any time, especially amidst this craziness, um, where people see what you can actually accomplish from working from home. I mean, a lot especially in this day and age, right? Yeah. And so <clears throat> I think having a, a perspective of um, not uh, trying to be an active listener and trying to fulfill needs that, uh, yeah, I mean, like I, I know people uh, will work with me, small businesses will work with me because I do a lot of everything. And when I, you know, when it, it becomes challenging um, is, you know, setting those expectations. And I think that's really something that you have to evolve and understand and grow and, um, and develop over time. There's, yeah. there's a, t there was a time, maybe three, four, I'm, I'll be 39 this year. There's a time about three or four years ago where I'm like, oh, okay. I don't have to fight as hard anymore. Like, because people know I've been in my career for over 15 years and I'm a resource now. And that really flipped a, a script on me. Like I yeah. was, it was a, it was a lot in a lot of ways. It was a relief um, because, you know, I, I've worked really, really hard to get to where, where I'm at um, and feel as good as I can feel about what I do <laughs> I, again, like it'll, it'll never be like perfect. Um, but, uh, you know, like, I think a lot of it has to do with like just putting the work in and putting the time in and honing your craft over, over time. And some of that, that pressure was relieved when that, I kind of realized that, um, yeah. and then, but then there are other things that crop up, right? Like, mm -hmm. okay. So if you're not feeling the pressure from here, like what's your motivation, how, how do you do work that's meaningful and feels good to you and you feel like you're doing the best of your to, to the best of your ability um when essentially you're getting a pass on some of the heat you know what i mean right right <laughs> yeah it's interesting that you say that because i only have felt in my career in the last couple of years that shift that you're talking about and i'm 30 yeah. but yeah. i felt it at my most recent position. Um, and I felt very much like not to, this is going to make me sound very elitist, but the, my word was God, right? Like, yeah, because, because, you know, my boss at the time was hiring for one thing and then he ended up getting a fully fledged marketing person. Like, uh, yeah. and I guess for me moving forward in my career, like, I don't really know where it, it, it's going to go or what I want to do, but I'm more of a marketing manager than I am a marketing coordinator. I'm not going to be doing anything below my level anymore. I, I have to start yeah. trending up because what my most recent role fell into my lap coincidentally. Right. Right. Um, right. But also, uh, there's a level of high pressure in working in an agency, and I don't fit in. My first mm. first company I ever worked at it's a it's a advertising agency in Denver or called Cactus, and I was the social media intern, and then I got hired on full time, and I worked there for about nine months underneath mm -hmm. my boss, and we were a brand new department, and I 
had to constantly prove my worth. And I had never had a real job before. I was 22. Like I'd, right. I never had to work for anything. I never had to want for anything in my life. I mean, I really appreciate that about my parents, but I didn't set me up for success in the real world. I never had a job in high school. I didn't have to work my way through college. So I had no idea what I was doing. And I just, and I, and I, I, it's almost like I, my career set me up into this imposter syndrome feeling, right? Where I felt like, you know, it was 2011, first of all. So that was when social media, like, if, like if you were a brand, they're like, oh crap, like we got to make a brand page. And then, you know, there was, there was no such thing as Facebook ads at that point. And it's, it's just very interesting to see where my career has gone. And while I started in social media, I no longer think that social media, I, I, I consider it a piece of the pie. I no longer consider it the whole thing, like the kit and caboodle. Like it has to be Absolutely. part of your strategy. But like at this point and based on where COVID is going, like I don't see social media being a thing that brands need as much because we're going to come out of this different than we went in. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. And I, and you know this about me, but no, probably not many people listening obviously know this about me, but I am a non-social media person. Like I am, like I, I'm old. I, (laughs) I, like I am not a social media person. I don't keep up with it. I don't love it. Like, and it, um, you mentioned before I, I perform burlesque. This has been the, that's been the hardest thing to explain like to my burlesque troupe is like a as one of the older performers but b like i would rather see somebody face to face and tell them hey i have a burlesque show on friday like come support me mm-hmm. then send them an invite that they're going to dismiss and not even think twice about or whatever like to me right. i don't know how i think that like what we're getting so much of what we're getting out of this is like really finding time for meaningful communication, which is like my, this is, that's my bread and butter, man. Like I love like having like interactions. I'm a talker, obviously. I know it's coming as a surprise on this, uh, as I ramble on. I know, (laughs) I can't believe it. Um, but yeah, like I definitely am somebody that likes to interact and connect more face to face than social media. Um, and, and, and that's been like my, I feel bad for my, my burlesque troops. Like you have to share. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like, I don't have to share. I, (laughs) I share in real life like that. I don't know if you have metrics for that, but I share a lot in real life. Um, so yeah, I mean like for sure me with me, like of course aesthetics are always going to win. Um, that's like what, how my life, I, (laughs) I manage my life and how everything looks and how everything feels. And it's a very organic thing for me. Um, um, social media for me doesn't play into that. And I see like a lot of people feeling similarly, especially throughout the this yeah. craziness that we're in right now. Well, so. and, and to go back to just social media in general, like I mm-hmm. wish more brands would realize that like, just because Pinterest exists, doesn't mean you need to be on Pinterest just because LinkedIn's there. Doesn't mean you need to be on LinkedIn. Like you, yeah. you should have a brand presence on the things that make sense. Like it's not a pick and choose. Agree. Like, yeah, like yeah. I'm seeing that TikTok is now in job descriptions and I'm like, crap. So I had to download it. I don't it. even really know what it is. I, like I'm such a dork. I don't know. I, well, I, it, I realized that I'm that old. Like that's what, that. Cause oh, like, please. no, but I like, I downloaded it and I'm like, okay, so it's just kids dancing to the same song and they're all doing yeah. it. I don't, I don't I understand don't it. Either. And it's very, it's wildly entertaining, but like, I just, I just, to me, it's not really, I don't understand how to make the videos first and foremost. Like yeah, I've tried, either. I've tried and tried no. and tried and I don't know what I'm doing. And I know this makes me, this is, this is where the curve is. Like I'm not a, like TikTok is like, TikTok's the peak, the peak for me. Like I can't go any further than that. When Snapchat was out, I barely got myself through that, you know, and <laughs> I like, it was just like people I'd go on dates with, they'd add me on Snapchat and then I just see random penises all the time. And I was just like, this is not, this is not good. <laughs> I just like shriveled into myself. Oh, but the funniest thing was I used, okay. So this is going to sound like really vindictive, but I knew that I had like a bunch of old Tinder dates um, that would watch my Snapchat stories. So I, oh my God, so I snapped my wedding day. 
Oh my god! <laughs> sent it only to the people from Tinder and Bumble and OkCupid, okay right. and then promptly deleted my account. <laughs> sorry, not sorry at all. Actually, <laughs> I I can be kind of uh, funny sometimes because I thought it was yeah. just funny because like I'm like you're watching my stories anyway. Clearly, I'm like married. <laughs> I'm dying. You but, crack me up. But I do love Instagram. I will say that I, I, I love enjoy Instagram. That. I actually do. I think first of all, we're both pretty visual people, mm-hmm. um, and I think that like that is a it's such it's so simple. It's so easy to use and it's easy to like, and it's such a visual, visual platform. So like demonstrable products and like things that may have like been, you know, you can't, you know, that you couldn't see how something works. Right. Like, um, like that is a great avenue for a brand to explore that has a demonstrable product. Um, you know, like I was working for somebody that had, um, a line of hair clips and that ah, was yes, like, the, oh yes, <laughs> um, we won't go down that road, but in any case, um, yeah, like that was a great product to push through Instagram. And there was a lot of pushback from that client on, on really heavily marketing on Instagram. And ultimately, uh, they dele- ended up de- like deleting their Instagram account. And I'm, and I just, huh. I never, yeah, like I just, I never really got what I've bought that. so much stupid crap from Instagram. Tell me, I bought the quick flick, like that little what thing that the- does the cat eye. It's it is oh. the most trash because I can't do like a I'm cat dying eye. Dying. I know you can do like I know you can do like the post it <gasps> and like do it. But so I bought this thing because it, it said it was on Shark Tank. I'm telling you, Laura, I got duped. And then I bought and then I bought this like putty that well I found it on Amazon so like I didn't buy it through Instagram but I saw this putty because I was complaining about dog hair in my car. And there's this putty that you can like roll around in the car and it like picks everything up. Does it it's just, work? It's no? sitting in my cup holder. I haven't used it. Um. Well, I'm not driving anywhere, like, and I'm I'm certainly not gonna be like, hmm, let me clean my car today. Like, let I, me I, let me just clean my car for fun. Right. Um. So yeah. So I guess like that to me, but that goes back to our point of like, when you're working with a client, unfortunately, you have to be like, okay, like customers always right, like. So yeah, I mean, my <laughs> I, and I feel like I've even we've I've even had this conversation with you where. I say, here, I'm going to give you, this is my professional opinion, X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. Take it with a grain of salt if you want. You know, we can see improved metrics here, here, and here if we execute, you know, this in a certain way, yada, yada, yada. And ultimately, what I respect the most is that whoever I'm working with, the business owner is using me as a resource and they ultimately have control over their own company and product. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a time when like, and it's a very, um, it's something that, uh, is an intuitive thing for me. Like, right. like there's a time to push and there's a time to back off. And with this particular client, uh, it was like a full back off. Like, I just was like, okay, I understand. Like, I understand this makes you uncomfortable. That's a boundary for you. And we can move on without it. I don't really, you know what I mean? Like, it's just mm-hmm. like, it was against my recommendation, but that's, it's, that's that individual's choice for their business. Right. And I have to respect that. So. Right. And that's for me too. Like at the end of the day, like if my supervisor had come to me and he was like, I want you to do this and whether or not I agreed with it at the end of the day, I, I would give him my opinion. Okay. Like I'd say, take it from a grain of salt. This is how I position it. This is how it right. should be positioned. This is what I would do. And then he, he could take it or leave it at that point. And then if he decides based on my recommendations that he wants to still move forward with whatever it might be, then I, then I would just do it because at the end of the day I have to. Yeah. But so, so, but that, but that's the thing you learn. You learn this through during your career. You don't like, I absolutely at 22, I wasn't like, there was no way. Baby, little baby Bianca didn't even know that at all in any way. And like, you you have to learn it. 
I know you absolutely. It's, it's something that experiential learning, you can never the book learning and college courses and all of the preparation. And trust me, I've taken hundreds. Let me tell you, I have three, I have three degrees. I have two bachelor's and a master's degree. There's no amount of preparation that you can do to prepare you for that lesson. Right. There's not like there's nothing besides experience, truly. Like you can, I mean, there are many amazing college courses. There's like so much, you know, information and so many resources that are out there. And of course, like you know, you can educate yourself and you can, you know, hone your skill sets and you can do all of this stuff. But this kind of interpersonal, uh, you know, communication that you have while on a job. When your livelihood depends on it, right? right? Like, there's it's a much different. You're not like riding your mom and dad's. You know, the you're not swiping your meal card anymore at the cafeteria. This is like how you're making a living and proving yourself to to everybody, to yourself, to your parents, and saying thank you for my education or however you, you know, were. I was very fortunate as you you know, had set like intonated, like I never really wanted for anything. My parents were incredible providers for me and my siblings. And, and but there's, I, I promise you, if anybody would know, it's me, I promise. <laughs> there's no amount of like school, learning, college, anything that can really prepare you for learning how to navigate interper interpersonal communication with clients with coworkers, with colleagues all of that kind of stuff you need to learn through actually doing it and you know that's yeah no I that's mean, what I, I have to say about that but I think that's like sound <laughs> advice and I I like that's why you and I like get along so well because we see eye to eye yeah we run things the same way yeah I agree. um and I think like when that all clicked for me, like I became a lot more successful when I stopped fighting it and being like, well, this is stupid. I don't want to do it that way. And I started yeah. being like, okay, like client is always right. Here's my suggestion. Here's where we can go. Mm -hmm. Take it or leave it. Yeah. I think, like when I started writing business plans, I was working at this agency called Fruition. And that's kind of when I realized that, okay, like actually I know my shit. Like, yeah. So, yeah. And, and, like, then, and you become strangely almost not, I don't want to say less attached, but like it becomes less important to your feeling of success, mm -hmm. that acceptance uh, from the client one way or the other, right. when you know how to navigate and plot out and like you can feel your own success for yourself. Yeah. So like, for me, that was a very, it was a very long road to that lesson. And, uh, you know, I make no, no, you know, I would be lying if I said anything else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, 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 not, it's rewarding though, right? Like it's super yeah. rewarding to feel like, yeah, I'm doing good work. I'm putting yeah. my best foot forward and I feel confident in, even if you have the little voice, which I do always in the back of my head saying like, it's not good enough. Do you like it? Like, Oh, please like it. You know, I yeah. always, I'm going to think that no matter who it is, even if it's you, which I know like we are very connected and I'm very intuitive. I feel like with projects that you and I have worked on together, like I, I still send it to you. One of my closest friends. I'm like, Oh, please like it. <laughs> please. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, there's always that little doubt. <laughs> right. Well, this kind of lends itself to kind of the next kind of topic of like success. I think you kind of touched on it of like how you measure your success. Yeah. Um, but I guess personally, like for you, do you feel successful and how do you measure success? Um, I don't know that I would say that I feel necessarily successful, quote unquote. Um, I think I've done a lot of really good work and I'm proud of a lot of my work. Like I've branded over 500 companies in 10 years. That's amazing. Um, so for me, I mean, that's a, I, I, I think success is a very personal thing, right? So like, I, I mean, I feel proud of my work. I feel really glad that I have clients. I don't know that I, I would say that I feel necessarily 
successful as a whole because I think I want more out of my life than what I have right now. Um, but I think it's also, you know, there, there are things that happen in life and you have to kind of roll with the punches and, and make, you know, different choices than maybe you would have 10 years ago or 10 years in the future. And, um, uh, you know, a, a significant amount of my last 10 years while I've been working for myself has been kind of a roll with the punches scenario. Um, and, you know, like for me, I, all, but also saying that I don't really do what I do to make millions of dollars. <laughs> like, that's but that's like something that I've said over and over and over again to so many clients and because I, I try and be really fair in terms of and accessible to my demographic of client um so you know a lot of people will be like oh wow like that's really affordable and I'm like well yeah like that's because that's what I'm doing here <laughs> you know right. what I mean and like right. and to me that's a personal success is to have clients feel like I am fulfilling what I, you know, I'm trying to set out to do. So that's a, it's a, there are small parts of my work, my career, my business, where I do feel like I've been successful in achieving things I've set out for myself as goals, but I don't feel like I'm like this big successful, like, woo, like, no, like, it's just not a, it's not who I am, but B like, I don't know and this goes back to what I was saying before, as an artist, I don't know that I ever feel like I'm done. Like I'll right. never be done developing, evolving, growing, trying to learn from my past mistakes. There have been many, um, <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. all of that contributes to like, I, I think like, you know, I, I've leveled up a couple times in my, in my career and as a human, so that's something that makes me feel proud of myself and like, I guess is a, a metric of what would make someone feel successful. But I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I have a big head or that I'm like the best in the biz or anything like that. I can feel like I'm a good designer and I'm passionate and I love my clients and I love what I do. And I feel really fucking lucky to wake up every day and get to work with people like you and my other clients um, and show my kid what hard work, work looks like. That feels yeah. successful to me um, and making sure that he knows what a strong, confident woman is not a threat to him in any way. It's a, sometimes it can be a leader. Sometimes it can be a partner, you know, um, and uh, always can be a resource. Right. And um you know, that's, to me, that's, it's like an amalgamation of like my feelings about that. Yeah. Like, you know, well, essentially, sure. You know, I, yeah. feel, I feel good about uh, my career and my, and how my, and my work is the most important thing to me is my work, you know? Right. And I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm the kind of person that, um, was a testament to like you, my, my realtor Ehab, who's a good friend, like, a couple of other people, like I throw business their way as much as I can because I, that, yeah. they did so good by me <laughs> that I want to do good by them. I wish more people were like that, but at the yeah. same time, um, I would say you are successful. Um, you've always got a steady flow of clientele, which I think is really amazing because I couldn't do the same. I, I, if, if I ever freelanced again, I would go about it completely differently. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but I also, I, I know how to market for brands. I just didn't know how to market myself. And, and this is kind of, this podcast is me kind of being like, look, I'm, I'm a person that has so many connections. You really do. And from all walks of lives, you know, from yeah. all over. And I, uh, so, and then also like for me, like I see Ollie and, how amazing of a kid he he's turning out to be and just he's so wonderful and I know that it's because you're raising him correctly that's why and so I just think think it's great I mean speaking to that I just want to a little add in here is my um my feelings about raising kids quote-unquote correctly or not Mm -hmm. is that 
I have a very unique child. Um, he is my favorite human without a doubt. Um, and, uh, but my approach to a running a business from my home and also parenting a small child, he's not yet eight, um, has been to, it has my, my journey in parenting has been informed a lot by my journey as a small business owner, as weird as that sounds. Mm -hmm. Um, because there are times when I want to be overbearing and I, sometimes when you stand back and you let somebody do what they really love and are passionate about, like you come up with something so much better than what you could have come up with in the, in the beginning. And like, that's Oliver. Like he is somebody that, um, lo loves, he's a, he's a very loving individual and child, but also like he has never been a, so from the time he was a baby, he's never a snuggler. He was never, you know, like super tactile that way because he has sensory um, processing stuff. And so I had to kind of adapt and listen to my kid. And uh, so I think I'm raising Oliver the right way for Oliver. I don't know that I'm raising Oliver the right way for any other kid that isn't Oliver. <laughs> um, but he's, he's uniquely him. And I, you know, I've kind of had to adapt my parenting to who he is as a human yeah. and really respect that um, because I want him to feel like he has agency. And that's something that's really important to me. And that I think um, my parents were wonderful and amazing um, and, uh, again, providers, but I never really felt that in my early childhood and in, you know, my teenagehood, it was a very helicopter situation, man. I'm sorry, mom and dad. I love you so much. If you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> I love them so much. I have such a great relationship with my parents, but like, you know, it's just like, I think it's, it has to do with personality sometimes. And as much as it does in business, it does with kids and parenting and all in all of that kind of interpersonal stuff. But, um, but yeah, but thank you for that. That was of a really course. lovely compliment. Of course. <laughs> Meanwhile, like I have a dog and he, so he was barking at the kids running up and down the alley, which I'm not going to stop them from doing that. Like it, I have a, I live near a quite a large refugee population. Um, uh -huh. and, uh, the kids are Somalian and like the mom is lovely and I've talked to her and I don't Aww. care. I'm like, you can let them run, run back and forth all day. My dog's going to bark, but she doesn't choose a time. She just, she just does it whenever. <laughs> like, so I, I like, I like part of me was like, I've never had that. Like, this is my second recording. I've never had this happen. Do, and so I like at one point got up, shut my, cause it's really nice out today. So I had my screen door open, but uh -huh. he was barking at the screen door. So I got up and I shut the door, glass door. And then I have a, like a bucket of treats and I keep uh -huh. feeding him them. But like every two seconds, I haven't fed him one in about two or three minutes. Every so often I just see his like nose come up on the edge of the table as if he's like <laughs> looking for a snack. <laughs> and my dog is just like a battered war criminal. Like I, I love oh, him. Like he is just... He's, he's literally grumpy old men. Like that's what he is. But, but similar to your point of Oliver, and I, and I hate when people do this, they're like, my, my dad's my kid. I have to oh, raise okay. my dog. I have to rear my, my fur, fur kid the same way because he doesn't like other dogs. He yeah. has behavioral problems. He bites. Yeah. Um, so right now, like we're, you know, trying to figure out if, he, you know, he's 11, like what's going to happen if, you know, when we move to our next duty station and when what's going to happen there. And so right. it's weird and, and it's hard, but, uh, I, right now, oh my God, dude, come on, go away. <laughs> I don't want him barking, but I just continue to feed him snacks. But anyway, let's talk about something fun. Um, okay. I know that you are a fan of lots of things. Um, I'll give oh, you yeah. of something I'm a huge fan of. I'm a huge fan of Honey Davenport, the drag queen. She's uh, lovely. She was robbed in season what? 11. Oh yeah. I was like, I oh, she wasn't robbed in real life. I'm like, um, oh, what? And, and I 
my heart goes out to all of the drag queens um, that have been affected by DragCon being canceled, their shows being canceled, bars uh, being shut. Um, yes. Support your local drag queen. Heck yeah. You know that I love that. That's kind of all in the same community. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, not exactly the same, but there's a lot of crossover with burlesque and drag queens. And I, I don't know, this is actually a fun fact that maybe you don't even know about me. Are you ready for it? What is it? I did makeup at a drag bar in college. It was one of my favorite jobs of That's all cool. time. Yeah, like so, That's so like cool. I was like a second, basically like, I, I mean, a lot of the queens will put their own, obviously put their own makeup on, but I would be like a second, like if somebody needs, I, I would do a lot of prep work, a lot of like cleanup work, that kind of stuff. Wow. And that was like such a job um was that new york um, or where was it that was in illinois oh in illinois yeah, okay in illinois yeah yeah that's cool okay so, yeah so let's get into so, what you're a fan of i am a fan of many things i'm a passionate lady um i i guess like my lifelong uh fanatical obsession has been with wonder woman like most people that know me and know me pretty well know that i have like i can't explain to you the amount of wonder woman crap that i have in my house that i'm like now that we're coveting it up like i i'm like going through everything and being like super militant about like getting rid of everything that's not serving me you know what i mean like thank you marie kondo yeah <laughs> and so like so i'm like oh my god i have so much wonder woman crap this is i have a humongous 20 like two foot by three foot poster of Linda Carter in my dining room. Like, I mean, it's like it framed nicely, but I mean, like, you know, I am a huge, I just remember, um, I think I've always been a feminist since I was very little. Um, and I remember being so small, like smaller than Ollie and just thinking she was like the most beautiful, badass amazing um woman in the entire world like linda carter as wonder wonder woman linda carter um when it was still on tv yes i'm that old um and i have a big ass wonder woman tattoo on my arm um and it's i think also something that has really uh she has really um kind of uh, what's the freaking word I'm looking for? She's inspired me in, in so many ways. I know this, she's fictional. I know that she's fictional, okay? However, like the concept of Wonder Woman and the stories behind it and all of everything has like at one point or another in my life been like, oh, oh yeah, like I can relate this back to Wonder Woman. Like, it's kind of crazy. So Wonder Woman is definitely something I'm super fanatic about. I have all of the swag, like anything. I have a, a paper cu clip cup that is a Wonder Woman <laughs> hair. And I mean, like, it's just, it's a, it's, it's, I have Converse, Wonder Woman, Wonder yeah. Woman Converse. I have a million things of Wonder Woman. So that's something that everybody knows that I love. That's mm -hmm. like a very defining thing for me. Um, some other things that are maybe not as popular that, that I'm fanatical about. I love, love, love. And I mentioned this on our, our quarantine, um, happy hour yesterday, Paula Scherer. She's amazing. She's my, she is my graphic design hero. Um, if you do not know about Paula Scherer audience and Bianca, maybe, I don't know. Um, go, uh, to Netflix and watch her episode of abstract um she is somebody that completely revolutionized not only graphic design but women in graphic design um <clears throat> she's a dynamo she's amazing i love the way her brain works she's i could talk for hours about her she's amazing um and then something else i'm quite crazy fanatic about and this is something with my partner um that uh we love the band the flaming lips so we will go see the flaming lips whenever they come through denver and in fact hopefully um this will all be over in june because we have tickets to see them in denver and then we're gonna follow them by car 
to Los Angeles and watch them play again. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's um, being a Flaming Lips fan is very interesting because there's an entire community like devoted to <laughs> like that like it's a very familial community so right. it like it's a very like the experience of seeing them live if you have never seen them live please please go see them live and dress up like a freak and let it fly baby because it's an amazing amazing experience truly one of the moments in my life that I can say I experienced pure bliss um was it was one particular show of the flaming lips uh, almost three years ago in Aspen at Belly Up, which is oh, like wow. a 500 person venue. And it was a full Flaming Lips show, like crazy. That's they're, crazy. They're, yeah, it was an amazing, it's just like incredibly blasting the cloud, crowd with oxygen. I mean, like oh, that's insane. Cool. Yeah, like such an incredible show. And, you know, I mean, I'm passionate about lots of things like art, design, blah, blah, blah. But those are like some three really big ones for me. Um, so the only time I've yeah. ever been to the belly up was when I saw faux punk, which was like Daft Punk people like <laughs> wearing the helmets. I'm dying, I was really? 21 and <gasps> I, of course you were. well, I was 21 and I, and I just remember being very, very wasted because I, I'd never been to Aspen. I'd never been that far up. I never drank at that altitude. Um, <laughs> that's oh the only God, time I ever yeah. went to Aspen I, I never went back <laughs> I don't actually know like I actually have not done so much drinking here in Denver like I all of my you're not missing 20s, much I don't yeah I know I don't drink so that's that's another fun fact about me but you I, knew you knew that yeah I do um, I do but, miss the thin man <clears throat> oh I love that place it's that's such a cool spot anyway it's no did, yeah, and like I guess all of the art in there is actually just made by the dude that owns that entire block strip. Mm -hmm. So yep. for my people listening, if you're not from Denver, if you're from Denver, you know this. The Thin Man. I used to live two blocks away. It's the greatest little bar. Um, if Tyrone still works there, I miss him. If Stephanie still works there, I miss you. Um, but I, I it, that was oh, I made so many friends. One of my best guy friends, his name's Josh. He and I met there. He's Aww. an incredible human. Um, shout out to Josh and Eric uh, in Aurora now. He just proposed to his boyfriend. So they Aww. should be getting married. And Congratulations. Yeah, so they're great. But that's not like I'm wildly off topic here. But no, I just, you fine. were just reminding me of, uh, <laughs> you were just reminding me of the Thin Man and all that. And, um, but on that note, I also have very polarizing, unpopular opinions, um, as do you. Uh, oh, I do. So, well, I'll give, <laughs> I don't really have an example of one right now, but I'll just let you go for it. Um, so my unpopular opinions, which are, these are, these are, I know I'm in the minority here, okay? I do not really like chocolate at all. Um, I will eat chocolate and actually have eaten chocolate today. So I shouldn't say that. However, I can't, I don't like peanut butter. I cannot with it. I don't like it. I think partly because I have a deathly allergy to coconut oil and palm oil also bothers me. And I think over the years, I'm sure that I ate enough peanut. Like I, I've had peanut butter. I know what it tastes like. I don't. I just don't like it. Um, and I think probably over the years, I developed a natural aversion to it because of that. Because most uh, cheaper peanut butters use palm oil, right? And some use coconut oil. So um, I think I developed a natural aversion to it. But I just don't like it. Um, I am a huge fan either. I'm a crazy music snob and I'm also just aged out of your, uh, you know, love affair with NSYNC and et al, I will say. I know, I know. <laughs> However, my unpopular opinion is boy bands are trash and well, I will not, I refuse to. There are certain, the, the, no, I don't know that there's any boy band mm -hmm. that you could sell to me that I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll listen to not even some of the new kids on the block. You didn't like them. I mean, I liked them, but I was a child. I didn't know any better. It was horrible. <laughs> They're horrible. 
They're fucking uh, horrible. I'm gonna pause you emotional. on that. I'm gonna pause you on that emotion. really quickly, just to say <laughs> that like a fun fact is that my favorite in sync member was Lance Bass, and he's gay. So uh-huh. that says everything you need to know about me. <laughs> dying and dead. Um, yeah, like I just I don't know that there's any boy band that I could be sold on to listen to like at any for any point or length of time. So right. I know that like with a like especially like I have a lot of younger friends uh because I work from home, obviously a lot of my networking is done on social media and and that's really what I I use social, the almost the only thing I use social media for. Um, and I have a lot of younger friends like that are 10 years, like you, like 10, almost 10 years younger than me. And are like, Oh, I'm saying, Oh my God, I gotta go see like, what are the other ones? I don't even know. So, and I'm like, no, 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 that's bad <laughs> music guys. That is bad music. I, I think like, tell you. yeah, I think like we, I think we all know it's bad, right? But like, yeah. but like your hormones are raging. You're like, like I got, well, that's like, probably you know, like your, your boy crazy or girl crazy or whatever, you know, you choose mm-hmm. to identify and, and, and love. But at the time, I mean, it was a very heterosexual time. It was, you know, cause you're kind of perhaps, weird that way. I think perhaps this is what where the appeal is lost on me um, because I'm not, I mean, I'm with, my partner is male, but I'm not very straight. So like I, <laughs> like the boy band, that, that kind of look too, like is not at all, like it just looks like children. Like oh, you don't, don't like the ramen hair? Dang. I'm not <laughs> a ramen hair fan as it turns out. No, I'm, weird, I'm cool I with know. that opinion. I, I totally get it. And like, I, I mean, I I don't understand Jonas Brothers. Please don't at me. I don't understand I don't, the Jonas Brothers. I don't know. I you want to know what I have to say? Here, here's here's my here's my the final my final opinion on this subject, which is, I watch The Voice with my kiddo and with my partner, and we think we're very very you know we have a lot of color commentary let's say on the voice and now nick jonas is a host and i have to say i don't i could not tell you literally one jonas brothers song like i don't know their music really i don't know anything about them i i loved the song jealous that they because all of the coaches sang it on the voice Mm -hmm. and stupidly I smule. Have you ever used smule? I smuled jealous because Nick Jonas did like a thing where you could sing along with him. Mm-hmm. And I felt, I feel so stupid that I did it. But I was like, this is so fun. And I really liked that song. But, and, and also I respect some of the choices that he's making on the right. show. Right. So, but I don't know their music. I couldn't, I know that they're from New Jersey. Oh, I don't know their, I don't know a single song. You could not, you could play me a song and I'd go, I don't know what that is. I have no idea what it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because I've actually seen one of them in concert because I got free tickets because I was in a lift with Demi Lovato. So I got to go (gasps) see Nick Jonas. I remember watching that video. (laughs) That's so funny. They're yeah, very so friends, I'm, I think. I'm the first person that gets in the car. I mean, I have a name tag that says my name, like dead. But anyway, so I, I'm I'm with you on that because, like, I mean, but I will always love and sync and cry when I I cried when I met Joey Fatone. <laughs> I, I know you did, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I love him so much. But he's I, not even my favorite. Lance is my favorite. <laughs> you're the best. And I love that about you. I love that you get crazy and fanatical about funny things. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so let's go on to kind of like what's currently making you happy in the world as we're sitting through this COVID um, crazy times, you know, all the uncertainty. I just want to know like what's giving you some joy. Oh, what is giving me joy? I, I have been painting. Um, I love, I'm truly like, it is like salve for my soul, like painting, having time in my own head, even though I'm an extrovert and I'm a talker, like there is a certain need that I had, especially I feel like as I've gotten older, 
where I need to have some time where I'm being contemplative and like feeling like I'm kind of thinking about certain things that I need to think about a little bit and blah, blah, blah. And painting allows me to kind of just have time for myself and go there. Um, and um, being able to see the result, you know, and, and perfect something. And I don't, I mean, I do commissions, as you obviously know. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I have been doing more paintings just for, for me. Um, I did, recently I did a commission, but I was given complete and total creative freedom over it. And I made it kind of like a trippy, psychedelic, um, watercolory thingy that I did, um, which was really freeing um, because normally I, I am pretty straight shooter with what I paint. Um, in portraiture, you can't really, it, there's not a really a lot of wiggle room <laughs> per se. Right. Um, so <laughs> I, I know, right? You're like, dang, so, I want to give them an updo. <laughs> right, I know. But you know, there's a certain level of like, it scratches a lot of the itches that I have, like compulsive <laughs> um, things that um, I think that it allows me to channel um, certain things, like especially like anxiety. Um, it really helps me quiet my mind and. Um, instead of like obsessively, you know, going through and organizing my makeup or doing like something like that, which I've done 80 bajillion times since we've been on lockdown. Um, I find that like, if I can get into a piece and do like hyper, hyper detail, detail stuff, I'm talking about like with a brush that has like three strands of hair on it you know like tiny tiny details that's like my jam that's what I love doing um and like Nick Cage like Nick Cage's hair um blowing in the wind um <laughs> <laughs> it's so good because you sit on the toilet like so if you're a guest it's... if you're a guest and you've never been to my home uh my guest bathroom is just everything I find funny so above the toilet, my, my, my friend Allison sent me for my birthday, like probably like seven years ago, maybe, maybe like, maybe it was like five or six years ago, whatever. It doesn't matter. She sent me, she used to work at a company where like, she could like get things printed on canvas. Mm -hmm. So she sent me, cause I love Richard Simmons. Mm -hmm. um, she sent me, she like got it screen printed on a canvas. So he's like, it, it, yeah so that's above the Hysterical. toilet so he's like cheering you on while you pee if you're a dude and then silently mocking you if you're a woman and you're sitting um and then if you look up and you're like going to the bathroom above the towel rack is nick cage so it's but it's eye level right so you're so just watching so so you know he's making the face that you should be making while you're using the bathroom the relief face exactly yeah the relief, the face. relief face it's like a relief uh, you know, like a true, true relief, uh, face that he is making in that, in that particular right. photo. It's hilarious. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. And it's weathered the storm. I, I mean, I framed yes. it with a frame from CVS and it's, yes. it's, it's made it three, <laughs> it's made it through two moves now. Cause we moved into our house when we bought it. Um, and we like, well, we moved into an apartment in a house. So um, so yeah. And so that's awesome. I'm glad that you're staying creative and I'm glad, I'm glad that you're like, yeah, came to us with this really cool idea of what you're doing. So that kind of leads me to what would you like to promote? Cause we're coming to the end. So honestly, I really wanted to do more commissions this year. Um, and I'd love to do more commissions this year. Um, I, you know, some of the ideas I've had is like uh, painting wedding cakes, like oh, cool. getting a wedding cake portrait, I thought would be really cool. Um, pet portraits, I'd like to, to do a couple pet portraits. Um, and then just regular portraiture. Like I've done a lot of like, um, I did a, a commission for a, a baptism where it's just like a mo mother and baby um, commission, which was really nice and, and difficult because ba painting babies is not easy to make everything look so smooth. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like I'd love to do more watercolor commissions. So if people want to, um, check out my work, I, my, um, 
watercolor website is my name, Lara Russo, L-A-R-A-R-U-S-S-O.com. And you can check out my work. And um, Nick Cage is proudly displayed on that website. So you can see what we're talking about when we say release face. Um, and then my, um, also you can um, DM me on Instagram for commissions on a brand new Instagram account that I made just for my watercolors, which is at that watercolor bitch. Which is so funny um, that that was not taken. <laughs> right? I know. I was actually really surprised about that. So, so yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to um, do more cool watercolor commissions. I, I recently, my mom sent me um, some really cool uh, metallic watercolors which are kind oh, awesome. of fun they're really difficult to work with but they kind of uh, play like holographic on the paper so it, they kind of really pop off of the paper so it's really when you layer them so they're kind of cool to work with not easy but fun and they look really neat um and uh yeah I think that that that's like that would be my big ask from from this is just like I'd love to do more painting Absolutely. So. And I will link everything in the description of this so that people can connect with you and all of that jazz as you know, I'll do that. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me oh today. Gosh, and you. I really appreciate it. Um, and I hope that you're, you know, staying well and, and all of my love to your family, your little family and the dog and the cat and all of that. You got it. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Oh yeah. I forgot to say, I forgot oh. to say that my dog and cat are named after Flaming Lips album. <laughs> well, that's yeah. how, that's how fanatical we are. About <laughs> anyway, but anyway, right. thank you so much for the opportunity and to chat with you is one of my favorite things anyways. So I Aww, well, thank you. you. All right. We'll so proud later. of you. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Please Don't Kick Me Out. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks so much.